This podcast of Central Indiana Today is brought to you by Figment 2 McDonald's. Stop by any of their stores in Avon, Brownsburg, Danville, Speedway, and 10th Street, next to Ben Davis High School, for great specials, including the two for $2.50 and two for $5. They also have all-day breakfast items, which now include biscuits and McGriddles. And coming soon to the Danville location, Wednesdays will be family night. Figment 2 McDonald's is a proud supporter of Central Indiana Today and WYRZ 98.9. Hello, this is Kevin Kersey of the Kevin Kersey Agency. The Kevin Kersey Insurance Agency, a member of the Farmers Insurance Group, can help you with your home, life, auto, or business needs. We are located at 701 North Green Street in Brownsburg, and our phone number is 317-286-3481. We can also be found on Facebook at the Kevin Kersey Agency or at our website, www.farmersagent.com forward slash kkersey. Indiana Family Dentistry is located at 505 North Green Street in Brownsburg. Dr. Will Hine practices general and cosmetic dentistry with services ranging from veneers and whitening to implants and complete smile restorations. Indiana Family Dentistry's phone number is 852-5999 and website is infamilydentistry.com. Indiana Family Dentistry is a proud supporter of Hendricks County and Community Radio. This is Donald James of Impact Youth Mentoring. Impact Youth is a not-for-profit mentoring organization providing mentoring services to the children of Hendricks County. We pair mentors ages 16 and older with youth in Hendricks County. Over the past five years, we have been able to impact over 120 children through our mentoring and tutoring programs. Information about becoming a mentor or finding a mentor for a child can be found at impactyouthmentoring.org or via email at impactyouth1010 at gmail.com. The UPS Store Brownsburg is located at 124 East Northfield Drive in Brownsburg. Their phone number is 858-1422. The UPS Store Brownsburg can handle your printing needs, including color, large format, and business cards. They also do blueprints, mailers, and invitations. Thanks to owner Tom Reese and all the folks at the UPS Store Brownsburg for supporting community radio in Hendricks County. The Kevin Kersey Agency presents Central Indiana Today on 98.9 WYRZ. Today's program is made possible by the Kevin Kersey Agency, 701 North Green Street in Brownsburg. And now here's your host, Rob Kendall. Welcome into another edition of Central Indiana Today here on 98.9 WYRZ. I'm Rob Kendall. Thanks for joining us on the program today. Just a little bit, our friend, data guru, political analyst, historian, Scott Strong, will be back with us for day number two. We will break down the statewide races across Indiana, tell you what they meant. Big night for the Republicans on Tuesday. Of course, yesterday we spent the day talking about the election of Donald Trump and his big win in Indiana. So uh, today we'll talk about the uh, the rest of the statewide races, including uh, Todd Young's win over Evan Bayh and also uh, Eric Holcomb uh, becoming the next governor of the state of Indiana. But before we do that, I had a chance yesterday afternoon to chat with United States Congressman Todd Rakita. And of course, uh, Todd Rakita represents Indiana's 4th Congressional District, which includes Hendricks County and uh, much of central Indiana. And uh, had a chance to talk about his big win talk about Trump's presidency and what that will mean for Republicans in Congress. And we ask him the big question, will he run in 2018 for United States Senate against Joe Donnelly? Here we go. Here's that conversation. 
Mr. Congressman, how are you doing today? Congratulations on the big win last night. Well, thanks, Rob. It's great. It's, it's humbling and gratifying all at the same time to, to be returned to this kind of number, with this kind of number, this kind of mandate from uh, from the people of Indiana and the 4th District. So I'm um, looking forward to getting to work. Why did you do so well? You've done well every time you've run in this district. Why do voters keep responding so positively to you? Well, <laughs> I don't know. Probably better question for them, but um, I'm just going to take it as kept our head down. Uh, we didn't focus on our opponent. We didn't worry about what he was doing or saying. We just talked to folks about what we did the last two years. And we did a lot, you know, even in divided government and, and even the non-partner I had in the president. I got a major piece, two major pieces of legislation signed uh, by him that uh, is changing education as we speak, and that's going to ensure $5 billion of fully paid for road funding to Indiana. You know, uh, you know, so we were getting some things done, and we talked about that, and we talked about what we wanted to do uh, going forward, and left all the negative ads and campaigning to my opponents to others, and it worked. All right. Are you surprised on the presidential side things went the way they did? I am. I am pleasantly surprised. Of course, I was, you know, with Trump since the day he was nominated in the state of Indiana, and, uh, and, and stood by him through thick and thin, so they say. And, uh, uh, yeah, I was surprised, honestly. Uh, uh, I didn't know that we, I didn't know that he'd come through. Um, but, uh, you know what? Uh, I need to, uh, I, I knew he'd do well in Indiana, Rob. I mean, that was on top. I just didn't know he'd do nationwide. So, you know, Hoosiers were fed up. I knew that walking the streets and talking to folks every day. Uh, well, you know, last time we did an interview, I was, you know, in, a, in the same sort of situation, in a very retail situation. So I knew what Hoosiers were thinking. I knew he would win big in, in Indiana, but I didn't realize that the rest of the nation uh, was so fed up as, as we are. How does this change your job? Now, you go from being an opposition yeah. to a big government guy to a guy who you, I assume, want to work with. Did you say a big government guy? <laughs> well, Obama, yeah, you're currently, the guy you're currently. Oh, oh, oh I'm sorry, I misunderstood. Okay, I thought you were calling me a big government guy for a minute. <laughs> no, 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 I'm saying the, the president you're working with now, as opposed to the president Trump. A big government guy. Yes, of course, yeah, it's, um, well, you know, it's going to be refreshing. Uh, we, I've already been on two conference calls today planning uh, with uh, with the likes of, um, uh, of, of Paul Ryan and, and, and Majority Leader Kevin McCarthy. Uh, what you know, what we need to do and what we're going to do first, second, third, and all that kind of thing. And so it's, it's exciting. The, first, the key to all of it is that we be unified. And so, again, I'm asking around the nation now, any members of Congress who are still a little bit sour or anything like that, hey, it's over. Come together. Let's get it done. Uh, we have an opportunity to really do uh, uh, the things that we have only been able to talk about because of what you said. I had a, a big government opposition you know, in the president now, uh, now we, we, we have a great opportunity to get some things done. In fact, no excuse not to get some big things done. So you're going to look for, uh, for Todd Rikita to help lead the way in Congress for repealing Obamacare, uh, replacing it uh, with, with something more consumer-driven, uh, more market-driven, uh, less expensive for sure, uh, that kind of, those kind of uh, conservative innovations. Uh, health savings accounts, things like that, buying insurance across state lines, uh, all those things. Uh, you're going to look for for me as vice chairman of the budget committee to continue uh, focusing on re- reducing our debt and, and having a much better partner to, to be able to do that. And then a whole host of uh, 
four specific things that are that are relative to my office and my uh, my expertise from the day the Secretary of State and that kind of network so that I think could be helpful in the mix. You know, I was going to mention your work as Secretary of State because I worked at Poll yesterday as a clerk, and part of the reason I think things run so smoothly in Indiana are some of these things you implemented as Secretary of State. Talk about that, and, and that's really a great legacy that you have. Oh, well, hey, um, you know, uh, the, the credit goes to, first of all, the, 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 the poll workers who were on the ground yesterday and those who participated in early voting. You know, uh, my numbers, if I remember my numbers right, we, at least when I was Secretary of State, we had something like 5,500, 5,500 poll workers across the state of Indiana. And the way the media scrutiny is these days, uh, you know, and the, and the way what voters' expectations are, they expect these 5,500 people to act flawlessly. You know, well, they're human. <laughs> so, you know, they, we, our job was to minimize mistakes, but realize that mistakes can happen, they make sure they were honest ones, but they were easily corrected. So that was always my goal, and, and it uh, surely is carried out by our current Secretary of State, Connie Lawson. And, 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 and again, those people, those people yesterday performed very, very well. So it is a great service to the other uh, to the voters and taxpayers of the state of Indiana. Uh, but we also had a technology to make their job uh, 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 more accurate, better all around, and that is a statewide voter file was implemented under my administration, and that continues to perform flawlessly. Uh, no major meltdown like you saw in Colorado yesterday with their voter registration system. Uh, we're able to have a good one. It was well tested at the time. I took a lot of media hits for stuff like, "Will your will the election work?" and is you know, are, "Are you scared yet?" and that kind of thing. That that I remember one TV station in particular doing. Uh, but we weathered through all that. We and made sure that went with thorough testing and 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 great coding and, and input from these 5,500 people and this county clerk and everyone else that it worked flawlessly. And so you see that you see that taken off. And then from a the security perspective, of course, photo ID, uh, still the law of the land, at least in Indiana, and uh, continues to perform well and make sure that everyone's vote counts, but it only counts once. You mentioned uh, Obamacare. You guys are going to look to repeal and replace. Um, give us some other things that you feel are going to be very important out of the gate the first hundred days they always talk about with the Trump administration from the House's perspective. Well, I think it is going to be Obamacare, and, and you got to give us probably those hundred days because here's how it has to work, Rob. You still have that 60-vote rule in the Senate, and uh, we don't have 60 Republicans. So unless Mr. McConnell is going to get rid of that rule, and there's a whole, a whole other radio show about the pros and cons of doing that, actually, uh, the only chance you really have to uh, get around the 60-vote rule is uh, a concept called reconciliation, which the law calls for, the budget law calls for. So in order to use reconciliation, which is would just be getting something passed by a simple majority in the Senate, well, then you have to pass a budget, and the budget has to pass both chambers, and then you can use the reconciliation tool. So all this is coming right to my budget committee. Uh, from the very first day, but it, you know, in order to get to Obamacare, get something to President Trump's staff, we probably have to do a budget first, and so that might take up a good deal of the first hundred days. Uh, but uh, after that, you know, uh, let's get to the get to. Let's do the hard thing. Uh, let's 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 reform the Medicare. Hey, President Trump said he's. <laughs> I didn't get clear indication that he's for even reforming the Medicare, but. And, and Medicaid and Social Security, but those are the things that are driving the $20 trillion of debt that will be $100 trillion in 25 years, so we got to get to that. 
Congressman Rakita, again, our guest is Congressman Todd Rakita. You just said President Trump. You know, I had a lot invested in the Trumps are getting in there. Does it sound weird saying President Trump? Yes. He's going to be president come next year, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, real quick, take us uh, – I, I saw this photo. You were in the rain in Kokomo greeting voters on Election Day. You really like being out there doing that sort of stuff. Yeah, I, you know, I use the word retail. Um, uh, I do enjoy it, you know. Uh, maybe, I, maybe I haven't grown up yet, but uh, I, I really <laughs> I really like Election Day. I really like um, people coming out and, and, and not only just voting, but talking to each other. Um, you know, back in our history, this was uh, a much more commonplace, this idea of community and that everyone knew everyone else and that, uh, you know, if, if, if your kid was misbehaving, not only did you know about it, but the whole town knew about it, you know, for example. <laughs> and, 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 and it was that, that sense of community that I think uh, uh, we long for now and that we have an innate sense about, but we don't experience much, So, uh, unfortunately. And so Election Day is one of those rare opportunities where you get to participate in a community of that. I love it. Okay, so I would be remiss if I didn't ask this. I've heard this already from many people. There's a big Senate seat coming up in, in uh, 2018, uh, against Joe Donnelly, will will we maybe see a Senator Rakita at some point? <laughs> I, well, um, I don't know. They say never say never. Uh, but uh, you know, hey, I'm excited. I'm excited about uh, the next. Uh, I'm I'm excited about today and the work I have cut out for me over the next couple weeks and months that I just laid out. Uh, so that's my complete focus. The other stuff will work itself out. Um, I want to do. I'm very impatient, as you know. I want to do whatever I can do to add the most value uh, in the in the shortest amount of time. And if that's staying in the House, where I have you know second in charge of the budget, K through 12 chairman right now, education chairman, you know it's whatever I can do best to add value for the people of the state of Indiana. That's what we're going to consider. If that's um, uh, taking a run at Joe Donnelly because uh, he's not reflecting up values, uh, not only of this state but of, of of where we need to go and what we need to get done. Uh, then I'll consider that. You know, I, I, I'm one of the few people left around left that uh, has statewide uh, landslide victories under his belt. <laughs> you know, yeah, I'm not bragging about that, but that's just a fact. And um, uh, name might be a little stronger out of state, so uh, maybe that's a factor for some people to consider. But um, no, I got a, I got job one, two, and three as we discussed while it laid out for me here in the next uh, 100 days or so. So I'm gonna work on that. Uh, well, Congressman, before we let you go, anything else you want the, the voters of District 4 to know about as we head forward? Yeah, yeah, it, 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 it kind of goes without saying on days like this, but um, uh, I didn't. I don't think I was clear enough in the beginning. Um, I'm thankful. I'm humbled. I'm, I'm gratified. I, you know, I, I thank everyone who supported me. Um, their, their vote counted for sure. But And I want everyone to know, even if you didn't vote for me, that I intend to, as I always have, serve all the Hoosiers of the 4th District, all Hoosiers in the 4th District, and, and um, whether you voted for me or not, uh, <laughs> you might not like how I represent you sometimes. That's my intent. Um, everyone has a voice through me in Washington, D.C. Well, Mr. Congressman, it's always a pleasure to have you with us. Thanks for joining us uh, on Central Indiana today. Rob, great. I love what Central Indiana does uh, for, as, as a public service for, for the folks in Brownsburg, Brownsburg and beyond. So I look forward to seeing you next time. 
That was United States Congressman Todd Rakita talking with us a little bit about his big win on Election Day and how uh, Republicans in Congress are now going to govern with President-elect Donald Trump. Keep the show moving now. And uh, as we said yesterday, we spent the program uh, talking about the big win for Donald Trump, what it meant here in the state of Indiana, as well as across the nation. Today, we're going to talk about the rest of the statewide uh, races in Indiana. Of course, the big win uh, for Todd Young over Evan Bayh, also Eric Holcomb, the new governor uh, here in Indiana, and uh, Jennifer McCormick with the what many people would consider an upset over our current superintendent, uh, Glenda Ritz. And with us uh, for day number two, data, data analyst, historian, political guru, Scott Strong. And Scott, you know, you've been with us all year long. And uh, forget the forget the other, the big pollsters, the Monmouths and those guys. You were spot on not only in how the races would go, but uh, really kind of what the percentages might be. Yes. I, I, nobody's as shocked as I am. <laughs> Okay, so obviously we talked about Trump yesterday, um, the audience board of hearing my memories. Let's talk about the big, well, we don't, you and I didn't consider it a shocker. A lot of people did, yeah. though. Uh, Evan Bayh meets the same fate as his father. Yes. He loses a Senate race uh, to a U.S. representative. Yes. Uh, almost repeated the history with, when, with um, when Dan Quayle came along and upseated his father. Um, incredible because, you know, Bai had this dynasty that was here, that was there for him. And he, you know, what probably would have happened to him if he had ran in 20, 2010 um, against Coates did happen to him in 2016. And he just couldn't stay out of it. And he had to come back. And But in the process, it brought up this race, Todd Young did an excellent job um dan fowdy that ran that campaign did you know brought up all of these issues that really kind of don't say tarnished but it did tarnish his reputation what it did is it put the spotlight on all the things that he did that he tried to hide up and i think this gets down to a point there are people that do things because it's the right thing it may be political suicide but usually those are the things that make them in the career and then those that try to take the road less traveled or be the best of everything to everybody body they go down in defeat you know we talked about this quite a bit by the way first of all trevor fowdy good friend of mine mm-hmm. um i've said this many times trevor fowdy if i ever were to get back into pol- politics as a uh, elected official uh he would be the person i would hire to run the campaign yep the uh, fowdy's uh are are wonderful uh, at what they do trevor fowdy will become a rock star now yes uh, as the guy who slayed evan by and um they they deserve a lot of credit for winning because I met with Trevor the day after Evan announced. We were actually talking about the interview with Todd, and he wasn't afraid, wasn't worried. So nope. we got this, no problemo. That's after the 26-point lead poll came out that Bai put out, and he did it. I mean, I was I was thinking, man, this guy's handle it better than I am, and I don't care. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not my campaign. So uh, he deserves a whole lot of credit. Now, th- what's shocking to me is not that Young won, but that he won by 10 percentage points. Yes, Unbelievable. Yeah, so he came out. I mean, you know, he had 52% of the vote. Evan had 42%. And, of course, 5% went to the Libertarian candidate. So, you know, this makes um, Young kind of it, – it, it, it cements the legend because, you know, he said he knocked off a former congressman when he ran. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of things that are here. But the most important thing is – and we won't, we'll give it all to Todd, but a lot of it was coattails. But he did a wonderful job of mobilizing the troops 
troops in Indiana and putting out the issues that really stopped Evan by. Um, so when you look at uh, this race, it, as we said, it's fascinating how history repeats itself. 30, mm-hmm. 36 years ago is his father, Birch Bayh, who again entered his race as an esteemed, you know, well thought of Indiana yep. fatherly figure goes in and loses to this obscure congressman dan quayle um and and evan by now coming back to to do this um we talked about this and i, and I want you to kind of go into a little bit of detail on this uh, i've said if this race were in 1996 todd young would have had no chance yeah. because there was no check and balance uh that is now the internet because yes. the only reason i'll tell you when by lost the races when indy star turned on him and the only reason Indy Star turned on them was because he lied to them. And the only reason he lied to them was because Indy Star had to ask him the question because of the internet. Yep. I mean, Evan By, it's funny because Donald Trump was given rise to because of the internet. Evan By was brought down because of the internet. It shows the power of social media. Yeah, so this whole construct of social media is changing things. And it was a very big factor in Donald Trump because he was able to use that to get around the traditional media. And even though, you know, a lot of people like Fox, Fox was not a Trump fan. And so this thing with Evan Bayh really came out. When you kind of take a look at it, you know, here's Evan that's, you know, he, he had the narrative, he came in, he had all the messaging, but the social media started picking away at things and then started putting the message out. And we've seen that up and down. You know, we've seen this with Shelly Yoder that ran against Trey Hollingsworth. I mean, and I liked several, her ads, by the way. Very interesting. Very good ads, yes. Um, but, you know, a lot of this stuff is the, the tr- when the truth gets out, you know, facts are hard to fight because they are the truth. Yeah, it's interesting. And we talked about this on this show quite a bit. Um they should have hired me to run this campaign. Uh, not that I could work for Evan Bay, but but uh, he should have just come out and said, "Look, I I moved away. I yeah. did. You know, I did. I moved to Washington D.C. I wanted to provide for my family. I also saw an opportunity to help influence good public policy. I did it. You know, I I, I have yeah. a home there. Uh, my kids go to school there. I've always been a Hoosier at heart. I, I was, while not technically a lobbyist, what a lot of people might consider a lobbyist. You know what? That's how you get things done in Washington." No different than our current Senator Dan Coates did when he left. And you know what? Dad's back. Always been a Hoosier. Always loved being a Hoosier. We're here. We're dedicated to Hoosiers. Let's go get this thing done. Instead... He lied about it. Like, yeah. did he think people weren't going to find out? Well, and what happened was he had a, an entire track history of being able to kind of exaggerate or put the face of things on it, and the, the media kind of backed him up. This happened when he was governor. You know, he, he had a fantastic career where he brought the Democratic Party back yeah. and gave them majorities in Indiana. But he did it with a media that really didn't challenge him on the things. We're, we've The needle changed, yeah. I mean, in the 12 years since he's run for office. And now, you know, there are fact-checking. There is authentic things out there with people, and people don't want to be lied to. Yeah, well, and it's, you know, it's one of those things where people will have willful ignorance to things. Yes. They will, um, they will overlook things. Mm-hmm. Because, let's face it, I think if he just come out and said that, nobody cares. Dan Coates did it, and he got overwhelmingly reelected. The difference with Coates is, A, he went through a primary yep. where all that stuff got vetted out, so yes. it was old news by the time he got to the general, and two, he just straight up admitted it. He said, yes. yep, you know what? I was a lobbyist. Here's who I lobbied for. Uh, yeah, you know what? I'm on tape saying North Carolina's where I wanted to retire. Tough luck. I'm totally entitled to come back here and run. I'm doing it. Uh, 
see you. Yeah, the problem with Bai is, and, and, I, and I don't use this against him or say that it's a bad thing, but he was living in a culture of Washington. Yeah. And he was following, he, all of his friends were there. Yeah. They were telling him what he should do, do. They were supposedly the experts. But when he came back to Indiana, he didn't get, and the people here never told him. The Democratic Party should have said, whoa, whoa, stop. Don't, don't try to pass off right. a 53,000 condo as your primary residence. One of the big things that hurt Bai and and I, I talked with our good our good friend Jennifer Wagner who uh, you know mm-hmm. was part of the Bai team during the hey, the heyday yeah. um, was Bai tried to get a lot of the old band back together yep. and a lot of those people that were Evan Bai people have now gone on to se- successful private sector careers yep. they're they're making more money they're not involved in the daily grind of politics and they just told him they didn't want to do that anymore. Yep. And I think that really hurt him that he didn't have those old trusted hands yep. around him to sort of recreate. I mean, it's like trying to recreate a TV show. It's like the reboot of, you know, uh, Arrested Development or the reboot of the the uh, uh, Full House or yeah. you know, whatever. It's never going to be what it was. No, and, and this is the thing that the Democrats had on the entire state team. Um, they had to go back, and I would I call it the baby boomer group. Right. Uh, they had about five people of over all over 60 years old. Nothing wrong with people being over 60 years old, but it was the last vestige of success. But most of those people would have been out. John Gregg had been out for 10 years. Evan Bayh had been out for a long time. And so they were trying to come back. There's a point where you have to update the thing, and part of the way you update that is with new people, new ideas, and he, Evan never really got the pulse of Indiana. He tried to get the pulse by pollsters from Washington, and it didn't serve him well. And it should be a lesson for other people that are going to run in the future. All right, again, our guest is Scott Strong. We're breaking down some of the big races uh, from uh, Tuesday night in, uh, in uh, Indiana. We were going to do this yesterday, but, uh, you know, I had the little side love affair there with the Trumpster we had to talk about, and I got derailed. So, Okay, the one that surprised me, because, of course, we both thought Young was going to win there, especially in the final couple weeks, um, was not that he won, but by the margin which he won, Eric Holcomb put put the fist through John Gregg. Yeah, and I thought it would be close, a 51-49. What I didn't take into account was how much Rex Bell and the other people, so Holcomb won 51 to 45%, and then Rex Bell kind of come in and took up the extra slack there. So this was interesting because, you know, you made this point earlier. when When Trump had his problems, Young ran towards him, by or when we but when this didn't go this way Eric kind of faltered a little bit there and so he didn't quite get the bounce that that Todd got but there was enough coattails and he came back home people were united around him and unfortunately this was the thing that Greg could never really get above that 48 percent he couldn't take it to the next level you know the issues of the free health care the electorate does pay attention to these small issues and these things that you do because it does reflect the character and I think that's ultimately what caught up with Greg. It's interesting with Greg because you say, look, he ran for governor four years ago, mm-hmm. and he sort of came off as this folksy, you know, obviously he looks like yeah. Wilford Brimley, great ads. Oh, yes. And you sort of said, wow, this guy ran a really good race in a really red state and was very close, and if the race had gone off for another week, he'd have been governor because mm-hmm. Mike Pence was like, like had a – you know, was was hemorrhaging yes. because of Murdoch in yes. large part. So you said, okay, 
makes sense to bring this dude back again. People are mad at Pence. People are going to uh, vote against Pence. And I really believe that if Pence had run, Greg would have would have beat him. Yeah, it would have been very close. The interesting thing, originally, if you remember, Greg wanted to run immediately. And yeah. there were two things that he didn't take in consideration. Number one, how much Murdoch hurt Pence at the time. And the second, if you remember, they the Democrats pushed against him in 2013. And basically he said, well, okay, I'll back off. And But he wouldn't. He didn't back off behind the scenes, and he earned it back because there was nobody else that rose up against him. So this was a guy that, that, that had this passion to do something. So he spent all this time doing it, and, of course, it didn't work out, which is, which is always a shame for people when dreams aren't real. But the reality is, he the electorate was changing, and he still tried to run on a campaign of past elections is what he tried to do. Yeah, it's fascinating because we had him on the show before Pence was picked as VP, mm-hmm. and I think we talked to him for about 15 to 17 minutes. And I was shocked on the interview because Greg has so many good qualities about him. He can't yeah. come off as a very likable, nice guy, and he actually kind of yeah. knows what's going on whether you agree with him or not, he can speak intelligently on the issues. But the whole interview was how bad Pence was. And I thought, you know what? Eh, the people that don't like Pence are already not voting for Pence. And it struck yeah. me as a little strange that that was his whole thing, especially in red Hendricks County, that, you know, you're going to pull those Republicans or Republican-leaning independents over by showing your your depth of knowledge on issues and things like that not pence is bad yeah he needed to be reaching out to the independents the people that were you know they had a couple issues that were kind of good that they used at the end but they never really got traction with it and that was do you really want super majorities in the house and the senate and then also give the republicans the state you know the governorship you know i can be the balance and it, it never really got traction at the end but it didn't get traction because of his past votes yeah. if, if he didn't have the the history i think it probably could have worked in now, another year. Now, here's what's also interesting, and I'm going to give a whole lot of credit to Jeff Cardwell on this because uh, if that guy that was running the party before Cardwell were still there, yep. uh, this would not have happened. Um, the Republican Party uh, did a great job of pulling up that health care thing on Greg, Yep, just like they helped out on the Evan Bayh thing, mm-hmm. and they they really put the pedal to the metal on John Gregg um, because because uh, he, uh, man, I'll tell you what, that health care thing really, really hurt him that he took the health care for life. And yeah. that was uh, that, the, the Indiana Republican Party did a great job of getting that thing out there. Yeah, so they, they that was a key issue. Also, the, you know, the things that he did when he was speaker, along with Evan Bayan, spending all of that bon- all of that surplus that they had. Yeah, it's, it's also fascinating, too, the rise of the outside group. And mm-hmm. it's interesting... Um, the Republican Governors Association, uh, and then in the Evan Bayh race, I think one of the major groups, it wasn't the TV spending, but we had uh, Justin Stevens from AFP on yep. uh, last week. Um, you know, AFP probably knocked on, a, I don't know, maybe a million doors. Oh, yes. Uh, going just against Evan Bayh. They're issue-driven people. They weren't for Todd Young. They said, we don't care who you vote for. We just don't like Evan Bayh. Yep. And those people mobilized, and they were out there, and they, I mean, they, they, Put in people's minds uh, who who Evan Bayh was. So it's a really interesting the rise, which is this whole Citizens United decision mm-hmm. and how they can the, these packs and how they can give and all this sort of thing. It really um, showed in this race 
uh, it costs the the Democrats probably the governorship and Evan Bayes' uh, slot in the U.S. Senate. Yeah, and I don't think we need to. Uh, all those things are, are very true. I also think the other thing, you know, we, we had a huge turnout. Trump did have coattails in Indiana. Um, I don't know if you take Trump out of the situation if Holcomb still wins that. It would have maybe been a lockdown tie. I think that definitely those things definitely pulled Jennifer McCormick across the finish line against Glenda Ritz. But, you know, the the down ballot effect of Trump and this being a huge sweep year definitely held it. But Holcomb had all of the right issues in the right place at the right time to be our next governor. Now, I'm going to say the one thing that I lament about all this, and this is not a... a, a uh, a commentary on the candidates themselves mm-hmm. because I will give Holcomb credit and Young credit. They never ran they never ran the bus over Trump when That's the going got going. Now now Holcomb suffered for a while in these polls because yep. he was much slower than Young. Young stood behind him. Yep. Um but uh they never the candidates themselves never did. So I this is not a commentary on them. But there were so many people that were around Young and Holcomb that were never uh Never, Never Trump Trumpers. people. They were so nasty uh, mm-hmm. about trying to keep Trump from getting the nomination. They were so nasty during the election. It pains me. It pains me that those people get to have success primarily because of the success of Donald Trump. It really pains me. And yeah. I will tell you, I uh, I voted for Todd Young. I will say that now. I didn't mm-hmm. want to influence the race in any uh, capacity. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, as I said, I was going to stay pretty much out of that other than the, the Trump race. But um, it pains me. It really pains. I'm really torn on that because I did want Todd Young being the vote on Donald Trump's Supreme Court justices. But it pains me that those never Trump people who were not just they were against Trump. That's fine. Hey, there's no problem with that. But they were so vicious. They were so nasty. They were so self-righteous. They were so disingenuous. Those people get to have success with their candidate because Trump was so good. Yeah, part of that, that's very true. Um, the problem is we have this inside kind of politics game. Sometimes when you get closer to these candidates, you feel like you're inside, you find some information, and sometimes that kind of corrupts the view of these people because, yeah. you know, what happens is you, when you lose touch with the electorate of what's going on out here, I seen this, I knew Richard Luger was going to lose when I went to a meeting and I seen all the Murdoch signs on there and I got there <laughs> and then Luger talks about Wendell Wilkie and I'm like, like 1940 I'm like my gosh dick you need to talk about today <laughs> not what happened back when you were you know it just resonated everything that was wrong and this is what happens with insiders they think they're too close to it now they think their opinion matters and unfortunately it does but they're t- sometimes give their candidate the wrong information and here's the issue especially in Indiana that you've got is the people that voted for Trump do not mistake them for being good, loyal Republicans. No. I mean, I'm a registered Republican. I'm a member of the Republican Party. I was an elected Republican official. I was uh, governed as a Republican. Uh, you know, I, I you know, was a, was a precinct committeeman as a Republican. Mm-hmm. But I do not like many of these people. I'm quite, that's why they hate me, because I'm quite <laughs> candid about it. And, and that's why they hated Trump, because Trump said, I don't like many of you people. Paul Ryan, take a hike. What a loser. John McCain, what a loser. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, don't mistake me for being on the Republican bandwagon. I'm knocking on doors for blanket Republican candidates because I want Trump to be treated with respect and I want Trump to be treated uh, the, the way he should be because, look, everybody, decri- these never Trump people, the, the nastiness and the divisiveness of Trump, 
you don't win Michigan unless you campaign like that. You right. don't win Pennsylvania unless you govern govern like that. Ohio, which for the last two cycles has been solid blue. I mean, yes. no offense to Mitt Romney. You're a loser. You lost those. And McCain, yeah. you're a loser. Yeah. Trump Kasich won it easy. Kasich come up on a big losing yes, side because yeah. he was against Trump there. Sure, Trump swept through these states. And I said this for 16 months, 17 months. And a part of it is I don't think these people ever wanted to look in the mirror, which was – this is the guy that's going to do it, and yep. here's how he's going to do it, and these are the people he's speaking to, and they don't like you. They don't like you, establishment Republican, but they do like him because he speaks for them. Actually, the Democrats are in a good place because they have been trounced. They will have to go back and say, we got beat. We need to change. The elite in the Republican Party now will try to morph. Oh, yeah, we were with Trump. We were with Trump. And <laughs> and there's going to be, there, I think there's still going to be a civil war, a tremendous fight within the Republican Party on, on a lot of these bills and things. Yeah. And they're going to have to, they're either going to have to jump on the Trump, Trump yep. train or and get off. And here's the deal, folks. And the Republic, you know, all these Republicans will listen to this. Um, you, the Trump people are loyal to Trump. Yes. I mean, if you ask me, Rob, are you with Trump or the Republicans? I'm with Trump. You know, you mm -hmm. ask the average person. Maybe people who even crossed over and voted for Biden or yeah. uh, voted for Young and, and Holcomb. They're for Trump. They don't care about your club sport politics. And if you think when push comes to shove, whether they're going to back Trump or you guys, you're dreaming. And, I, and, and Todd Young's been on the show several times, and he's very nice. But... Buddy, if Trump puts a good a good judge up there to the Supreme Court, you better go to the mat for him. Yeah, and I think that's ultimately what brought down Luger and ultimately by was their support of Supreme Court justices yeah. that were very liberal. I thought Tug, Todd Young did a wonderful job in his acceptance speak acceptance speech and he said this is your seat indiana this is this you know he's basically saying i may have got elected but i'm just a steward to hold this seat for the next four years and i think that's what our citizen legislature and the republicans need to remember they serve at the pleasure of the american people okay so the other big race uh by the way curtis hill got like nine million votes as attorney general <laughs> yes. as we predicted I, as i correctly predicted he would be the top vote getter in the state yes. of indiana which he was um and, and uh, I'll tell you what, had Holcomb not won, I would have said Curtis Hill was the uh, lead candidate for uh, uh, governor for the Republicans in a yeah. couple of years. But obviously with Holcomb winning, that that now goes to uh, to Holcomb, obviously. Yeah. Um, uh, the other big race was uh, superintendent. And I will tell you, this floored me. I thought Glenda Ritz would win her seat back. I did think it would be close, but uh, looks like uh, Jennifer McCormick's going to win. Yes, she did. Um, so she came out 53% of the vote. And so I thought it would. It was within this margin that I thought. And so I was really surprised that Jennifer was able to run up the score. And I think this is because they're definitely – when I seen the, the poll to ticket results in my own precinct that I worked, how well she was doing, that's when I realized she was probably going to win – um, on Tuesday, but what what happened here is Glenda had really good name ID. What she really didn't do is she really didn't spend that campaign cash to go on the air in the final couple of weeks. I thought she was the one that had the best chance. And if you look at her, she did do electoral 
She got more votes than basically any other Democrat across the state of Indiana. It was just there was such a tidal wave with people coming in. Jennifer ought to thank her stars that Trump was on the ticket. Because yeah. if it wasn't, I don't know if she would have yeah, won. Yeah, and let's point out a lot of those people around her were a bunch of the never-Trump people, yes. too. So, yeah, just remember that. Uh, all these these elected Republicans owe it to the Trumpster that they're uh, that they are, uh, they're in there. Am I going rogue? Is that what I'm doing here? I think you are. I mean, I, I, well, you know, it fits my personality. But, uh Okay, so let's sort of take a just a large view here. Oh, one other thing I do want to talk, touch on. Uh, Todd Rakita wins his reelection very, pretty yes. handily. A lot yes. of people thought Dale might make a little bit of an impact. The district has changed a little bit uh, demographically, but uh, Rakita wins easily. Uh, Rakita ran for governor, lost. Mm-hmm. Uh, Holcomb wins reelection or wins election, so he's not going to be able to run for governor. Where does Rakita go? Because I get the feeling we love Todd. Just had Todd yes. show on, on the show the, last week. I get the feeling Todd's getting a little board ski uh, being in the House of Representatives because Todd's a doer and it's very hard to get things done in the House. Yeah, so he won by 65% to 30% over John Dale. Um, you know, the, the, already the word on the street is he, you know, him and then also Susan Brooks, which were both the two people yeah. who ran for governor, are also because they stepped out because they were willing to do something different, which indicates they would like to do something more than be congressmen. Both of them probably are already the front runners to run for the state. United States Senate in 2018 against Joe Donnelly. Against our bud Donnelly, who's on yeah. the show all the time. Yeah. Donnelly loves us. I, I, that's going to be, somebody asked me the other day, they go, well, are you going to, are you going to be for Donnelly? I said, look, just because I get along with somebody on the air doesn't yeah. mean I support their uh, their policies. Donnelly's a very nice guy, but, uh, you know, it's, uh, it, it, that's going to be very fascinating because, you, as you said, you would see Merkita and uh, Brooks would become the target one and target two yes. to explore running for that uh, that U.S. Senate seat, uh, and both would be financially well-equipped yep. and uh, would be uh, uh, able to run statewide campaigns. Yeah, and, and 2018 will be a huge year because the Democrats are defending a lot of seats, and they're going to want to expand that majority, and the Republicans don't hold that many seats in that many that off year. So a pickup in Indiana, they will probably, whoever gets in, will get the money that Todd Young got from the National. I mean, it could be more than a $50 million dollar race in 2018 but that's just a preview it's a fascinating time because you're going to have a president who is not really supported by the national republican party mm-hmm. so they're not going to put a bunch of money by behind his stuff i mean i don't think the republicans will support him on trade i don't well, think that's the nafta thing the difference is the, the the republican president now that donald trump sits in there and he starts bringing in his people and start pilling filling up his cabinet with his people and i think you're going to see sarah palin in that cabinet um, uh, can you imagine gingrich as secretary of state <laughs> giuliani as uh, attorney general lock her up uh, yes so what's going to happen here is eventually now he'll have firm control over the Republican Party apparatus. I don't know if Rance Priebus will continue to be it. Either he's going to have to really come in line with his things, but the Republican president will control that. And so you give him a few years, and he'll start casting out these people that are in those key positions, but it may take a little time. Yeah, all right. Uh, Scott, you have been so great to us throughout the election season, going all the way back to the primary coverage. Um we would not have been able to do this without you. So uh, we want to thank you for your insight. You were 100% right. Well, thanks. You were 100% correct. I mean, what? right down the line, yeah. boom, 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 from Trump all the way down to the U.S. Senate seat. 
uh, you were spot on. You should be working for some giant, uh, you know, polling firm because <laughs> you were way better than those losers that got it all wrong. Um, but uh, thank you for what you have done for us, and uh, it's been a real, real pleasure. We're going to, of course, have you keep having you on a whole bunch. Tell us what's what's going on. Well, it's an honor and pleasure to be here, so it's been great. Hey, don't forget, if you miss any part of today's show, uh, you can go back and check out the podcast anytime you want. Uh, we are now on SoundCloud and iTunes, and uh, all you have to do is just search Central Indiana Today, download the show right to your smartphone or tablet, go back and listen anytime you want. As always, the podcast presented by McDonald's. Until next time, I'm Rob Kendall saying have yourself a great evening. You've been listening to the Kevin Kersey Agency presents Central Indiana Today on 98.9 WYRZ. Made possible by the Kevin Kersey Agency, 701 North Green Street in Brownsburg. An archive of today's program can be heard at our website, wyrz.org. Tune in next time for another edition of the Kevin Kersey Agency presents Central Indiana Today with your host, Rob Kendall. This podcast of Central Indiana Today is brought to you by Figment 2 McDonald's. Stop by any of their stores in Avon, Brownsburg, Danville Speedway, and 10th Street, next to Ben Davis High School, for great specials, including the two for $2.50 and two for $5. They also have all-day breakfast items, which now include biscuits and McGriddles. And coming soon to the Danville location, Wednesdays will be family night. Figment 2 McDonald's is a proud supporter of Central Indiana Today and WYRZ 98.9. Hello, this is Kevin Kersey. Since 1968, our family has been helping customers with their insurance needs. We provide insurance coverage for life, home, auto, and recreational vehicles. We are located at 701 North Green Street in Brownsburg, and our phone number is 317-286-3481. The Kevin Kersey Agency can also be found on Facebook at The Kevin Kersey Agency or at our website, www.farmersagent.com forward slash kkersey. The Kevin Kersey Agency is a proud member of the Farmers Insurance Group. The UPS Store Brownsburg is located at 124 East Northfield Drive in Brownsburg. Their phone number is 858-1422. The UPS Store Brownsburg can handle your printing needs, including color, large format, and business cards. They also do blueprints, mailers, and invitations. Thanks to owner Tom Reese and all the folks at the UPS Store Brownsburg for supporting community radio in Hendricks County. This is Donald James of Impact Youth Mentoring. Impact Youth is a not-for-profit mentoring organization providing mentoring services to the children of Hendricks County. We pair mentors ages 16 and older with youth in Hendricks County. Over the past five years, we have been able to impact over 120 children through our mentoring and tutoring programs. Information about becoming a mentor or finding a mentor for a child can be found at impactyouthmentoring.org or via email at impactyouth1010 at gmail.com. Indiana Family Dentistry is located at 505 North Green Street in Brownsburg. Dr. Will Hine practices general and cosmetic dentistry with services ranging from veneers and whitening to implants and complete smile restorations. Indiana Family Dentistry's phone number is 852-5999 and website is infamilydentistry.com. Indiana Family Dentistry is a proud supporter of Hendricks County and Community Radio.